Hi, everyone, and welcome to the next installment of the InStrive Fat Loss Podcast. I am Diane, a therapeutic weight loss specialist here in the Muncie office. And today we are going to be talking about a chronic problem that we tend to hear a lot about from some of our clients. It actually was a suggestion that was brought up to me as a topic for today. And uh, because I know this is something that plagues a lot of us, I thought that was a really great idea. So today we're going to be talking about bloating. And the reasons that we bloat and how we can kind of start alleviating some of that discomfort, because I know a lot of people out there are dealing with this. Let's start with what bloating is and why it occurs. Abdominal bloating occurs when your gastrointestinal tract or your GI tract becomes distended with gas. Signs of it, symptoms of it are going to include what you would expect, feeling full, swollen, maybe a little hardness to your stomach excessive gas, gurgling in your stomach, you know, you're burping a lot, you're belching, abdominal cramps. It, it results from a number of things. So can I pinpoint the exact reason why you're getting bloated? No, but I can give you common causes of bloating that I know are typically at the heart of this issue. Like I said, I know we've all experienced it, but bloating is that tight, you know, full feeling after you eat something that doesn't quite agree with your stomach, or if you've overindulged and you've eaten too much, um, really, really common. I think bloating is something that all of us can relate to, but not really always sure what the real reason is behind those uncomfortable moments. So uh, a lot of times someone will ask me, is this normal? Is this something I'm doing? Is this something I can, you know, help to prevent? Or is there something maybe more serious going on with me under the surface? So Today, I'd like to take a deeper look into bloating, why it occurs, what makes it happen, and how we can deal with it. You know, sometimes abdominal bloating occurs when you are getting too much air in your system. And swallowing excessive air happens if you eat very fast. So if you're not taking your time with your meals and you're just kind of like, for lack of a better way of saying it, shoveling it in you might be getting a lot of air in your system at the same time that your food is coming in. Uh, people who chew gum oftentimes deal with getting some excess air in their bodies and you know have that bloated feeling because again, you're constantly opening and closing your mouth while you are um, you know, breathing and you're getting a lot more air in there than you normally would. If you're talking while you eat, so if you're you're used to sitting down at the table and having a, a big conversation with someone in the middle of, of your you know meals, all of those things can introduce more gas into your stomach. So those are definitely ways that sometimes it can happen. Uh, if you're a big carbonated beverage drinker, whether that's soda or you know carbonated water or any of those drinks that have you know that fizzy bubbliness going on can definitely introduce that additional gas into your GI tract. Food and beverage is not the only way that this happens. Of course, there's other things. Um, one of them is if you are having trouble with constipation. If you have difficulty having a bowel movement, I, this, this is gonna sound kind of gross guys, and I'm sorry, but uh, there's this process called fermentation where gas is produced in the colon by bacteria. So the more that your body has trouble with passing stool or having a bowel movement, the more that you may be experiencing these bloated side effects of that additional bacteria just doing what they do. You know, it's they, they did, unfortunately, it's just a side effect of that happening that you get this excess gas going on. That's one way. Um, 
It can also come from slow gut motility, which basically moves means, excuse me, the speed that food is moving through your GI tracts. If you have a very slow digestive process, or if you're eating certain foods that are known to move slower through that GI tract, that can be causing some of this excess bloating to be going on. Uh, of course, if there's something medical happening, like an infection, you know, that can be a cause. I think that's probably the most extreme. Most of the time, there's something a lot more, you know, common happening than, than any type of GI infection, but that is a possibility. And if some of these other things don't seem to be alleviating it, that definitely is something I would look into with your uh, general practitioner. Uh, increased sensitivity in the nerve endings in your gut. So, that sounds really technical, but let me explain that even just having additional stress can really aggravate those gut nerve endings. Uh, that's because the production of your stress hormone causes blood to be diverted away from digestion. So that can actually cause, you know, the nerve endings that you have in that area to become irritated. And that can cause this bloating process to be a whole lot worse. It, of course, like I mentioned, the most common ways that you're going to see this coming into your life are through your food and beverage choices. And I know you're probably wondering which foods, which beverages are, are the typical culprits of this. Bloating comes from very specific things like specific carbohydrates. And I'm thinking of beans and lentils and you know those type of things. Um, it also can come from certain types of fiber. Fiber that is non-digestible is, is oftentimes a big culprit. Dairy products, huge. And, uh, you know, dairy products, honestly, there is certain sugars in all of those foods that I'm talking about that are very difficult for your body to digest. So they kind of cause this issue this irritation in the small intestine that leads to an increased production of gas in the colon and again that's by those bacteria we talked about so it's still that fermentation process but it occurs because high fiber veggies like cauliflower broccoli your legumes contain a very specific type of sugar known as a um, gosh i'm trying to pronounce this right oligosaccharide i think is how it's pronounced and that is basically a, a type of sugar that is in those very fibrous veggies that the body doesn't do well with. That's one of the reasons I know for me, broccoli definitely, uh, you know, as, as a gas producer, right? Some of us that, that worry about certain foods and not eating them when we're going to be in a, a social situation, there's a really good reason why that occurs. And it's, again, that just there's certain things in there. The body has a lot of trouble breaking down. Um, as far as the um, beverages, a lot of times it's going to be your your sugar alcohols, like you know wine and things like that. Like I mentioned, your sodas, your carbohydrate, your uh, carbonated, excuse me, drinks, things that contain artificial sweetener. All of these can cause that bloating and distended feeling in your stomach. And another huge culprit is dairy products. What you need to understand about dairy, and I know that many of us who you know have, have heard of or are you know lactose intolerant understand that dairy can be difficult when it comes to your digestive system the reason for that that a lot of people don't understand is that dairy is obviously meant for cows not humans and cows have two stomachs 
that enable them to break down certain enzymes that human beings cannot break down. So when we're having issues with dairy products, that is stemming from an inability to process and break down something that is in those foods. And that irritation it's causing to the system is what results in this fermentation process and the bloating. So it all kind of ties together everything we've been talking about, but those are the typical types of food. Now, that's not the only types of food that make people bloat. You know, certainly there are food intolerances and food allergies that can be at the heart of this. And those come again from when your body can't properly break something down. For you, you may have a sensitivity to something that for another person, it doesn't really give them any problems. The most common culprits, again, are going to be, you know, the lactose, the sugar that's in dairy products, fructose, that's sugar that's in a lot of fruits and vegetables. But some of the other ones that we hear about a lot are eggs or soy or nuts or wheat, um, gluten-containing foods like barley, rye. So if you think that potentially this might be what's at the heart of it for you is some sort of food sensitivity or allergy... There are different food sensitivity tests that you can have done. I mean, we actually do one here. So if, if you're a member of this program and you're interested in, um, you know, getting that food sensitivity test done, just talk to your InStrive counselor. We can let you know the specifics of it, what we're looking at, what the cost would be and, you know, how beneficial that is. But truthfully, guys, it's kind of crazy how much food can impact us. And I can tell you after, you know, eight years of being with, this company and dealing with people that are, you know, in this program, I've had so many people with gut issues that get that test done and are so surprised to learn which foods are triggering them and everything from, you know, bloating to believe it or not, migraine headaches. When we start eliminating these foods that are coming up in this sensitivity testing, they see vast improvements. So if you do think potentially that it is a food related something you're eating that maybe isn't falling into these normal categories we're talking about and isn't easy to pinpoint, definitely look into that food sensitivity testing with us or, you know, certainly ask your doctor, talk to your primary care doctor, see what they think about that and what they can do to maybe check on what could be tripping you up or causing you some problems there. So a couple more things we'll go over before we get into how to help out with bloating. And of course, one of them I need to touch on is medical conditions. Now, I I am going to be very basic on this because I'm not a doctor and I'm not going to pretend to be one. And I'm certainly not going to, in this, you know, brief 20 minute podcast, expect you to listen to, you know, my advice on anything medical in regard to your bloating issues. But I will tell you that certain conditions, a side effect of them is often this, you know, bloating that we've been talking about today. And most of you, if you have these things, you already know that this is going to be a symptom. But if you don't, and if you suspect that potentially one of these conditions might be at the heart of this bloating issue for you, it is best to go talk to your primary care doctor as soon as possible just to rule things out. So let's let's say what those conditions are. And I'll just kind of go over them very briefly. First one would be IBS or irritable bowel syndrome. You know, certainly that is something that a lot of people are dealing with. And, um, you know, I think that is a fairly common issue, but if you suspect that you have IBS and you have not been diagnosed with IBS, that is definitely something that uh, you could talk to your doctor about. 
the next one is IBD, which is more of an inflammatory, inflammatory bowel disease. Uh, so again, most people that have that know they have it. And if not, if it's a suspected thing, you would want to get that diagnosed. Celiac disease, um, that can also, of course, be caused for some bloating symptoms. And once they get to the heart of what's going on, that diagnosis is going to be very important because truthfully, any dietary changes that you are going to make, it's best if you don't just like self-diagnose. I know a lot of us are prone to just jumping on WebMD and looking at the symptoms and going, oh my God, I think I have that. But I don't recommend that, especially with these conditions, because truthfully, if you're eating incorrectly and you're trying to self-diagnose and self-treat through diet, you could be doing more harm than good. So if there is any suspected, you know, true medical issue there, just make sure you are talking to that primary care doctor about that prior to making any, you know, major overhauls in what you're eating every day. What about prebiotics and probiotics? That was a question that has come up time after time in consultations, if people should be adding these into their day-to-day -day diet. And if you don't know what they are, prebiotics are a type of non-digestible fiber that supports the growth of healthy gut bacteria. Probiotics are actual living bacteria that when we consume them, we get a lot of health benefit because they're increasing the, the diversity of the bacteria in our gut. So both of these things have benefits, but I can't tell you there's much evidence that supports their role as far as, uh, you know, in regard to a bloating issue. Obviously, I have, you know, seen studies where people do report improvement with their use, but that's, again, one of those things that before you add something like that into your diet, especially if this has been an ongoing long-term chronic issue for you, I would definitely advise you to speak to, uh, you know, a doctor, dietitian, you know, definitely talk to your InStrive counselor about it here if you are a client. Uh, we can kind of guide you in the right direction there, or, you know, if we feel like it's necessary, certainly point you towards your primary care doc. Uh, another big question that I get is why people become bloated in the evening, but then have a flat stomach, but a slimmer shape in the morning. There's a lot of reasons this occurs. The, the bloating in the afternoon as the day goes on, the, first of all, like I had mentioned earlier, stress that production of stress hormones that, you know, can cause those issues can definitely cause as your day moves forward and there's more events happening and maybe your stress is peaking at work and things like that, you can start to see some of that stress-related bloating happening as the day unfolds. Also, keep in mind that the later that you're eating in the day, you know, you're going to be eating a large meal, which can cause you to produce excess gas, you know, can trigger some irritation in your stomach, especially if you're lying down very soon afterwards, getting some indigestion, things of that nature. So it, it is normal to some extent to experience some of that in the evening, especially if you're eating your largest meal at the end of the day. And then also, you know, with that flatter stomach in the morning, I mean, overnight, you're not putting any food into your body and the food that you ate the day before is being digested. So the next morning when you wake up, you're at a lighter weight, you have a slimmer shape. So of course, that's going to affect your physical weight and appearance if you've got more food moving through your digestive tract during the day and then nothing in, in you know, the night hours. So that that's really one of the main reasons that you notice at the end of the day, your stomach is more distended than first thing in the morning. How do we get rid of it? What, what can we do to eliminate bloating when it has become an issue for us? 
Um, water, believe it or not, can really help. If you're slowly sipping water, I'm not talking about chugging glass after glass, but if you are sipping a nice quantity of water throughout your day, that definitely can aid in the body moving things easier through the digestive tract and having a better time dealing with some of those fibers and enzymes that are difficult to break down. So water is really, really helpful. Movement. And I know movement isn't totally uh, doable for some people. I know not everybody can just get up and take a walk, but if you can, the more you can move, the more you can kind of get things headed in the right direction. And that's even if it's just a walk around the block with your dog, getting up, walking around the living room a couple times, you know, going up and down the stairs once or twice, just whatever you are able to physically do to improve the movement versus just constantly sitting still or lying down, that movement is going to help to push things through the system a little better and work some of that, you know, gas that's causing the distension out of that area. Uh, peppermint tea, and I'm recommending peppermint tea for two reasons. So peppermint oil is known to be a natural uh, aid in decreasing the gut's sensitivity to gas. And also, of course, tea in general. And I mean, most of us that have a mom or a grandma that were into tea, I know when I had a stomach ache, that was one of the very first things my mom wanted to do was make me a cup of peppermint tea. Peppermint tea is known to be very soothing for the stomach. So there's a combo there. The, the peppermint in general is very good for the gut and that gas sensitivity. And then also it can be extremely soothing if your stomach is hurting. And also if you're bloating or, you know, your um, distension is accompanied by cramping or pain, if you've tried walking around and you've done some of these other things, Sometimes a heating pad while you are relaxing will kind of help to get rid of some of the pain that's accompanying that. So there are a couple things you can do. Of course, food-wise, in general, if you know that this happens after you eat a specific food, try cutting back on that food. So if you're a big milk drinker or you eat a lot of cheese and you notice that you're constantly having these bloating issues, cut back on those things. If it's processed food and soda, of course, those foods aren't going to do well for your body. Those aren't going to be the, you know, the best things to fuel your body with. And if you were eating a lot of foods that are difficult for the body to process and digest or not optimal sources of, uh, you know, primary nutrition, your body's going to respond in a negative way to some of that. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, we can't expect to eat poorly and have a, a healthy, happy body. There's going to be side effects. One of them can be this chronic bloating that we're talking about. So if you do think it's dietary related, try to pay attention to what you're eating and maybe even make notes for yourself. You know, we, we recommend sometimes keeping a food journal and, and that might be a great idea here. Not necessarily even if you're trying to track, you know, calories or anything like that, which we don't even look at for the most part. But if you're trying to track food choices and what is causing this abdominal discomfort and distension, you may notice that a certain food is at the heart of this, that time after time when you're dealing with this, oh my gosh, I'm doing this every single time that I feel this way. Or, oh, wow, every time I eat this, I'm noticing I have a big issue with bloating or, you know, IBS type symptoms or things of that nature. So pay attention guys, what you're putting in your body matters. And if you're putting things in your body that are making it unhappy, sometimes it's, you know, fairly easy to figure it out if you, if you really keep an eye on it. So that that's definitely, a, um, you know, the first thing I would look at is, is what's going on there with 
food, with lifestyle, um, you know, all of those things. And of course, most importantly, if your symptoms are persisting, despite all of the things that you are doing to alleviate them, uh, the simple things we talked about, I would definitely recommend making an appointment with your doctor. It's, it's probably time to get that checked out. If, if you're eating well and you're getting enough sleep and you're drinking enough water and you, you know, are doing all of these things, you don't really do too much of the foods that we talked about that are causing that issue. Um, you know, there could be something more going on. And I, and I definitely would recommend just to put your own mind at ease and make sure that you are in optimal health just uh, maybe having that appointment to just kind of rule out some things that could be at the heart of it that may have another way of treating them so that you are feeling better sooner. All right, guys, that is going to do it for today. Again, I am Diane, the Therapeutic Weight Loss Specialist here at InStrive. And uh, if you would like to learn more about InStrive, what we do, who we are, and you are not a client here, you can find us on our website, InStriveFatLoss.com. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Certainly we have our, our public InStrive page. And remember, we are a division of Twin Hills Weight Loss. So you can go to our Twin Hills Weight Loss page. That is our, uh, you know, initial primary company. And we are just a division of that. So lots of good information on there as well. Uh, and of course, you can find me on this podcast. We were doing two episodes a week previously. I know most of you probably uh, that have lived and listening know that that happened on Mondays and Thursdays. We are dropping down to a once a week episode on Wednesdays at this point. So you can catch us every Wednesday with a brand new episode. If you have not followed and subscribed to the podcast yet on your uh, listening platform of choice, I would recommend that you do that. And of course, click that bell button. So you're always getting the notification that a new episode is coming out. Feel free to share this with friends and family uh, if you'd like, and uh, hopefully we'll see you all on the next episode of the podcast. Thanks so much. Have a great day.